Welcome to 50% with Marcel Combs. On this podcast, we will travel a journey of leadership with each guest as she analyzes the ingredients that lead women to their current role. Marcel's goal is for you to walk away with tools to support your very own journey, no matter where your current destination is today. Hello, Deantha. Hi, Marcel. How are you? I am great today. So I think I I say great too much, but (laughs) there could be a lot of other words, don't you think? That could be worse than that. I do, but starting out great every day is what we need to do. So here (laughs) we go. For sure. Today we have the great honor Mm -hmm. of being able to talk to Becky Hines, which which has one of the greatest last names because... she she's she's got to do her website as hindsight and i love that that says a volume and it's perfect for her it's uh-huh. it's perfect she came to work for me in in one of my home care agencies mm-hmm. and and evolved along the way she is an rn by trade but has two masters degree mm-hmm. Um, she she clearly said uh, one is from Fuller Seminary in California, but it's in global leadership, yeah, and the other her. one, of course, is an MBA. So this is a smart gal. She is. She is always learning and just very knowledgeable about her field of, of leadership and all the things she's done. Um, I learned a lot from Becky. She was our first. I, I hired her in from a corporation, a large corporation that was doing home care. And she came in as my first regional Mm -hmm. person. And for a company that didn't hire from the outside, Becky was the perfect fit Mm -hmm. and came alongside truly at a great time and and put some processes Mm -hmm. in place because she is truly a brilliant gal. And she really helped us at times along the way. She's a very critical thinker and could think through uh, the plan overall as a whole. She also uh, earned the reputation, which she will say in here, that that she could take someone who might be a diamond in the rough, (laughs) if you will, and help them become a superstar. Yes. And yes. and had such a history of that that I I I'm guilty <laughs> in saying that I would say to Becky, you know, I think this this person has great potential, but mm-hmm. I think they also need great mentoring and uh-huh. she she would be able to mm-hmm. do that. That's her sweet spot. I mean, she would take that challenge and I look at the young women that she's led just through the work we've done together, Marcel and done a brilliant job. Um, and so she's she's one great, great gal. So she's, this is gonna be fun. Oh yeah, she's a nurse's nurse. I'm mm-hmm. sure she would say that. She was quick to say she still keeps that RN license, <laughs> as do I. Yes, Although yes, I, we need to do that. Definitely, I'm not the nurse in the room you want yeah. if, if a crisis is coming. <laughs> so if you're listening today, it's not me that you want, but I still, I still have that ability to carry that license. But also in addition to that, she she went in, she's a person of faith, mm-hmm. and she went in to really helping our employees give back and ran a nonprofit for us 
for about 12 years until I sold the company in 2018. Yeah, what an amazing um, journey, Marcel. Uh, uh, for so many people, uh, just let them to the Lord, uh, uh, help them lead others, and, and truly blend with cultures that mm -hmm. we, we had no idea of. It was and wonderful. She introduced employees in so many ways to ways to give back from from just uh, allowing people to go in an emergency with Samaritan's Purse to yes. areas hit by hurricanes and then also to go overseas and support as you and I both did yes. in Belize. Who knew we'd get to do that? Uh, yes. And Dr. B and do hospice in another country. Right, uh, right. What a privilege. You know, she talks about don't be afraid to ask for help, and she sure didn't. She would gather the people. <laughs> That's true. She'd go, you can do this, and, and she had it right. She put everybody in place a lot of times, and what a journey. Just she mentioned she mentioned her husband really didn't have a great desire to, to go to Africa. <laughs> I didn't really have a desi great desire to go anywhere, but I think that she she had another plan for me. She and, did. And encouraged me, and certainly... Uh, helped support me and of course with you we mm -hmm. fell in love with the we hospice did. movement in Belize where they they really had at, at least in the beginning had no money to no, pay no nurses or doctors uh, and all volunteers yeah quite phenomenal and uh, we had that because Becky had the vision with you exactly uh, and you supported her through that and it uh, has been amazing oh yeah well let's let's go to Becky I think you're oh, gonna yes. love she is the kind of person that <laughs> walks in the room and brings joy to those uh, who are are sitting and waiting for her to come she does so let's, do let's move Marcel. right to that in this episode she is joined by Becky Hines Becky is at a season in life where she has the great honor to use her passion and joy to inspire people to live their lives with love, using their gifts and talents to make a difference. She's been doing this as a vocation since 2007 as she led the nonprofit ministry 2612. They provided opportunities for the employees of a large home care and hospice company to serve those in need across the street and around the globe. She's a proud registered nurse with a master's degree in business from Texas Women's University. The bulk of her career has been involved with home health care and hospice. As they serve those in need across the world, she worked hard to be more competent for shepherding this ministry. She received her master's in global leadership from Fuller Theological Seminary in 2018. For those interested souls, she's an Enneagram 3 and a high DI on the DISC assessment. Married to Rick since 1974, they have three amazing kids and seven grandkids that make them laugh and keep them young. Welcome, Becky, to 50% with Marcel Combs. I'm so honored to have you as part of this podcast and, and so excited to hear what you have to say. Well, thank you. I'm excited, too. I've been listening to um, you interview all these amazing women, and I'm very humbled to um, to get to tell a little bit about my story and what's going on with me right now. So thanks for asking me. Well, you are definitely among one of them, but I have had a blast. No matter how big or small this becomes, I have had the best time ever <laughs> just, just getting to know a, a, an ounce of what 
some of these women, where they've walked and what they've done. And and that's always my first question in this podcast is I would love for you to tell us about your journey. You can start wherever you want and end up where you are today. Wow. You know, this, (laughs) my journey, my path to where I am today has had lots and lots of detours. You know, I was way too young when I got married. (laughs) I never dreamed of having a career, but I I jumped right in. I went to nursing school and I love being a nurse. Oh, yeah. I really, I'm so proud to be part of that profession, especially these days. As I watch so many of these nurses sacrifice so much. And so that's what I went to school for. And so I am still a registered nurse hanging in there. My husband and I moved back to Fort Worth and I needed a job. And so (laughs) back back then, um, the jobs were all in the newspaper. So I found this nursing job, home care nurse, because that had been my career up until that time. Well, I didn't even call it a career. It was just what I was doing my job and I walked into this interview and it was so interesting because we were pretty desperate financially and I said um, I interviewed for this home care nurse job and and the gal that interviewed me said well I think in where you are right now in your career is I I think you should be a manager I was like what (laughs) and that was how I sort of stepped into any kind of leadership role this person saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself, invited me into that role. So that was really the path in, in some management roles that I took. And then I, I don't even know how to describe it, but through you, Marcel, actually, um, through your corporation, we decided that we wanted to start a nonprofit that would serve our employees and help our employees serve. And so that's really, we started doing that in 2006 and really um, got all the legal work done in 2007. And so for almost 12 years, um, I got to lead that organization. It was just absolutely the joy of my life, Mm -hmm. the biggest surprise ever that came to me. And it was a huge gift to um, to be able to serve domestically, in our communities, all over the world, to be able to serve people with our employees. And so today, after just so many changes, my firm, my consulting firm is called Hindsight, which (laughs) sometimes I think that's about all I've got, uh, looking back and saying, okay, don't do this. (laughs) Do this. Don't do this. So that's where I am now. I'm spending a lot of time with a lot of women who want to, um, to really learn and hear their calling and be satisfied in their job role and in their roles at home. So that's what I'm, I'm doing now. That's great, Becky. And I, after watching you so many times first as an executive in the home care p- profession, and then of course, leading 2612, which really, as you said, helped our own employees reach out to others. And also had the honor of working with you for so very many years and watch you. But the first time I saw you 
in truly more of a nonprofit ministry role. I think I said to you after the first time I heard you speak in front of the group in that role, I had I'd heard you many, many times in the role in, in charge of men and women in the home care industry but the first time i heard you in front of the role where you were really leading people to support just give out of their own selves to other people i was blown away because i thought (laughs) becky you are in your giftedness god has been preparing you for all these years for what you're doing now and so i'm so excited to hear that you are now going on to help others do that same kind of thing and not not just which is well-deserved, an ability to just stay home, not work, and be with your grandkids that are just beautiful and brilliant, <laughs> I might add. Not that we don't all think that. Not always about our children, but definitely <laughs> always about our grandchildren. <laughs> I, I'll ask That's my true. children for forgiveness then. But, yes. but we're not in charge of raising them. We're only in charge of, you know, helping support others loving. do that yes. and loving yes. them. So I Well, thanks, I Marcel. That. I think- You know, I think that's a huge lesson right there when you said that, because I still remember you looking at me and saying, Becky, you are in your zone. Uh And, and I mean, that just, we don't realize what those words of encouragement do to that person that we say it Uh to when we notice things. And I, when we notice things about someone and that meant the world to me. And it gave me that next little push, that next trajectory mm-hmm. to keep going. Well, and, and Becky, I've seen you mentoring young women, some of the most challenging women, I think. <laughs> I, Those uh, were the ones you always gave me, myself. <laughs> well, that's because I knew you were going to be wonderful at helping them achieve what they never thought they could achieve yourself, <laughs> which is interesting when you say you went into this first really full-time, quote unquote, became your career in Fort Worth. And they saw something in you that that you didn't see in yourself. What a gift that you now can give to women uh, to help them see something and believe something that they might not see themselves. Just, just a delightful, delightful thing. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's backtrack here because you and I both got married at a very young age, especially compared to these days. I think you might've been 21, right? 21. Yeah, I was 20. Yes, which was very, very common for our age group, for sure. But but during this time of this journey where perhaps life turned out a little different and you you needed money to feed all these kids. uh, Talk to me about how you balanced that career and still being able to be a great parent and I know you have great kids I know them and and they're wonderful human beings which is our goal right Right. our number one goal yes it is it is it's um yes well I um I balance that is I never felt like I was balancing anything the only time I think we hit balance is on the way through um, like the (laughs) pendulum that is the only time the best thing is that I remember talking to my daughter about this 
oh gosh, a few years back, kind of walk, talking through some regrets, wondering if I was gone too much and those kinds yeah. of things. And she gave me the funniest look and she says, mom, I feel like you were always there for us. You were, she said, you were at every game. And I remember thinking, barely. I mean, I remember flying in there from the airport to every changing on the way. Yeah, every volleyball game, every football game. But for me, and those, we know those things are important. But um, being there just to listen and observe watching those things. And I feel like, I mean, I'll be real honest with you more so. I think for us women, for me at that time, I was so focused on my kids and as, as teenagers and my husband's job, he traveled a lot. Um, uh-huh. I was traveling too. We, we sort of, we sort of passed each other in the night. So our marriage was very strong but there were some bumps along the way. We had to stop occasionally and say, okay, what are we doing here um, to get, because guess what? Now it's just us. In the house. <laughs> then you wake up that. and yeah, that yeah. person that's been gone or you've been gone, right. they're, they're still there. Oh my. You know, I told Rick the other day, I said, sweetie, I married you for life, not for lunch. <laughs> and so we are. <laughs> I love that. But in this pandemic, we've been together a lot and we still Uh, like each other. Yes, yes. You know, the divorce rate is up. And and some days, you know, I think that don't you have somewhere to go? Or maybe (laughs) I have somewhere to go just to get, even if it's just around the block, you know, so... Yeah, we do that. <laughs> so, so what do you think are some of the intentional things, Becky? And I know, because I I know too um, many times the airplane and the you know the cab as we would not Uber but a cab or <laughs> to get home. But besides trying to be there, what other intentional things did can you give women uh, really or anyone who's listening to this some some practical tips? on how they can keep that a priority in your marriage also if you if you choose um, that life for yourself what would be some practical tips as a parent well as a parent i still even though we were we were gone a lot and i was always saying i was either on my way north to denton or to the airport every day (laughs) but um we still had dinner together every night and it may not be something great. We sat down. We we probably once or twice a week would ask the kids, what's your highs and lows? What, yeah. what was your high today? What was your low today? <clears throat> I'm sure I learned that from other mothers watching them. Um, I also, I mean, get help. Ask for help is my biggest. Get help. Get. Don't worry about having a clean house. Get somebody to come in every other week, do the best they can, and don't think about it again. And um, and same thing with your marriage. If you need help, find somebody. And -hmm. if that person isn't the right person for you, the two of you to sit down and talk to, find another person. There's plenty of people out there. We just are not meant to live this life alone. We need help. And shame on us if we are telling young women that to suck it up and do it on their own because we just and, and I, I say nowadays how great. I mean, you can have your groceries delivered. Uh, <laughs> no kidding. I mean, 
Marcel, if you're like me, I can remember my first microwave. It oh, came yeah. to the door and I was like, ah! It's half as big as a refrigerator they yes. were. It um, was huge, but I didn't care. I mean, the idea <laughs> that I had a microwave in my kitchen with all these yeah. kids. And so there's all sorts of tools now that no one needs to be worried about using. Uh, just mm-hmm. get help. Um, mm-hmm. Figure that out. Yeah. That's that's a great a great thing, Becky. And in whatever way you can, it's say yes. If someone mm-hmm. offers to help, say yes. Yes, yes I would love that. How mm-hmm. how could you help? We're so many. I think we're plagued sometimes as women to feel uh, that as quote unquote. I spoke to a young woman yesterday. That mom guilt or that expectation. Mm-hmm guilt and who knows uh really what we should be doing never quite turns out like we expected it to in in the rear view mirror or in the hindsight which your last name is Hines so what a (laughs) a perfect setup for that in hindsight because everything we could do everything perfect when we look back right Mm -hmm. oh yeah (laughs) so so what you know, when you look at women in the workplace in particular, we we still struggle with the percentage of women. We have we have literally a, a few more percentage, and I know you have your MBA uh, as well as a master's. I'm afraid to ask if you're still working on another degree. <laughs> no, I'm uh, done. <laughs> makes me makes me feel like I'm not doing enough. Uh, but you know. We, we still struggle with the percentage of women in executive leadership. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the way, the path to the C-suite, they get diverted. What, what can, how can we help them if, if that's what they want, if, if that's what they want in their life? Uh, how can we help them make the right choices along the way? Do you have advice? The first class I walked into, and granted, I was the oldest person, both of the programs <laughs> that I went to, I would every class looking around, trying to find somebody older than me. Um, but I was the oldest person, and I remember so well walking into this class, and the first thing that the professor stood up and said was this, few leaders finish well. Hmm. And I thought, wow, I'm on, I'm closer to finishing than everybody else in this room. Uh-huh. And that is very um, scary. And so we did a lot of work on how to help people finish well. There's five commonalities, but, but the one that stood out to me at that time, and now I see how I've really clung to that, was that one of the things, one of the commonalities of leaders that finish well is that they have a mentors and they choose to mentor others. Hmm. And so I think that what's going to have to happen for women, if their corporation or their place of business, their career path does not offer mentoring, they're going to have to seek it out. Uh Um, Again, we're going back to that asking for help. Find someone that you are willing to uh, put your trust in, and that doesn't happen immediately, but trust is built. But find someone that you're willing to hear the hard stuff from and just step out and and get, get the help that you need. That's one thing, and I think corporations could do that. But for women, it's going to have to be um, a holistic 
type of program. Uh-huh. I think it's going it, to, because we are, we don't compartmentalize our lives. So I believe that when we are developing anything, any type of mentoring program for women in the workplace or through nonprofit entities that are doing training for women, that it needs to be holistic, um, where it covers not just their professional lives, but just like the things we've been talking about, how to balance, how to provide support in every area of their life. You know, years ago, I read this book and it was really funny, but it makes such sense. It was it. The title was men are like waffles. Women are like spaghetti. And it meant that like men just like waffles, little squares of their lives. But we are like spaghetti. We're in and out, in and out, curling around, no ending or beginning. And I just think that's so true. So if, if, if a corporation is really serious about helping their women grow, I think it their, their um, <clears throat> mentoring program needs to be holistic. And if there's not something available to you as a woman, then, then find it. Find someone uh-huh. that find someone like me or like you, Marcel, that can help you right. see those things. Note notice those things. I, I think part of what a coach consultant does is help someone pay attention to what they're paying attention to. What are you paying attention to? Is it even matter? Is it even important? Um, finding out your strengths and focusing on those. I think that's that's really what a, a person needs if they if their company isn't going to do that for them. And I haven't seen a lot that do, frankly. Right. It's hard. It, it's somehow anytime there's budget cuts, that's the cut they have. Right. Training. So I think mm-hmm. you're, you're rightly saying if you find someone who they can reach out to that can spend the time to really do that, that that's and I think it's worth the investment in themselves, which is why I'm so excited that you are doing a business focused on this gives me a great pleasure to be able to say, Hey, I know someone (laughs) who might really be able to help you and, and send them to you Uh, to switch gears a little bit. I know somewhere along the way you, you developed this great love for the people of Africa. Mm-hmm. And, and I know there are some specific areas there, and I would love for you to talk about those. Okay. Um, I would love to talk about that. I, um, <laughs> I, when I, I'll start, when I was a little girl, I um, heard a missionary speak. And um, my mom then introduced me to a gal who was another missionary. And, and I just became infatuated with going to Africa. And so many people will say, and my husband would say he never wanted to go to Africa. But, um, <laughs> of course, I've drugged him with me a few times. But, um, yeah, and so, I, you know, it just I was probably eight, nine, ten. Um, wow. I didn't think much about it after that. And then in 2004, the, uh, a woman came to me and invited me to be part of a team of women that would go and do leadership training in Tanzania. And she said, Becky, would you go? Would you pray about this? And I was like, nope, I won't pray about it. I've been praying about it. 
I don't need to pray about it. This is exactly. Uh, and so I jumped in with them. It was a team of great women. We went four times uh, to all over different regions of Tanzania. And I um, became dear friends with uh, a lot of people that live there and serve there. And after that, then once we started 2612, I had an opportunity to go to Swaziland and have been to that country now many, many, many times. We serve there in a community called Bulimbu that um, serves orphan children. Swaziland, it's the tiniest little country, um, but they have the highest percentage of AIDS in the entire continent. Uh, percentage to population. And so, especially early in the 2000s, there were just this enormous amount of orphans. And so some Christian businessmen came in and built this town just to serve them. The town is now self-sustaining. They do wonderful work. They have their own bakery. They have a water treatment plant, a lodge where people come and vacation. And so when we take people to serve there, we're doing all sorts of things from tutoring to to just hanging out with our friends because we've gotten to watch these kids go from 10-year-olds to 22-year-olds. So I've got to keep up with some of the young gals that I was involved with in the beginning. And my husband and I are on the Young Life board for Africa and the Middle East. And our focus is on Eswatini, which is the new name for Swaziland. The king has changed the name. From Swaziland to Eswatini, they do have a king, and uh, it's a very interesting um, monarchy. And the people there love their king and his mother, who has been a huge part of their reign. It is a great joy of mine to still be very involved with people there. You know, Becky, um, I was just at a conference last week, my first live conference since COVID (laughs) began. And I know there will be criticism on both sides of this equation. So please, please just bear with me. I have think, dodged the bullet, but we all have to decide our level of risk and, and what, what we're comfortable with. They we're talking a lot about we've lost the ability in the United States to try to listen and understand people that come from a different viewpoint than us. Our first reaction Mm -hmm. is one that I'm certainly not proud of within myself. Um, And as we've gone through a very difficult election, uh, we continue to be a very divided Mm -hmm. nation, almost clearly down the middle. Um, but, But you have a real gift, I think, for trying, especially when I think of different cultures and Of course, I've only had a little tiny moment of that myself, but but you have the ability to seem to be able to listen and understand people of a different viewpoint than yourself. Tell us, tell us some tips on how you do that. I think you the first thing you said was listen. And that is, to me, the most important characteristic. And I've never considered myself a really good listener. It's a skill that I've had to hone over the years because I love to talk. I have so many words (laughs) and so many opinions. Again, one of the things that, one of the ways that I was raised by both my mom and my dad was to respect people that are different from me. And um, so I think 
as I think about my very first friend, the first time I went to Tanzania in 2004, I had one prayer and I just asked God that he would give me a friend. Her name is Anna Kiwavelli and she is a dear friend of mine. And I, I immediately realized that I was going to learn so much from her. And I really didn't think I had much to teach her. She is humble and smart and speaks more than one language like me. And that is one of the things that I think if we don't walk into different situations, whether it's here with people on different sides of the political uh, table or into a complete different culture, humbly, if we don't walk in humbly and realize that we have so much to learn, then, I mean, we've already lost. And, you know, that Mm -hmm. is another, that is one of the um, other things that has been proven through research for leaders that finish well is that we always have a learning posture, always being willing to learn from others and not feeling like we're we're the gift of teaching them. I've watched you in this and and, uh, in awe of how you've been able to do that with different cultures. Certainly, uh, certainly it's, it certainly it is a gift and one, I think sometimes in the United States, we might as well be speaking different languages uh, from the perspective is that we have um, forgotten the great ability to agree to disagree. Mm. So talk to me about, I know you are a big reader (laughs) and I know your uh, husband is also, and one of the things I love to ask people, and I, we are making actually a list of all the books that people have suggested, and it is from one side <laughs> of the spectrum to the other. Let me just say, but but I'm so excited about some of the books that I, I've never really even heard of that people. So I would love to hear. Um, what what are your favorite books of all time and what what are you reading right now i uh, you're right we are big readers here we have turned into huge pandemic readers that's for sure and aud- audible <laughs> yes. books are, are are saving my life um as i walk oh, yes. the trinity river here in fort worth um i i'm listening 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 i was about 12 years old when i read my first novel and it was rebecca uh, the novel Rebecca, the movie's out on Netflix right now, and ugh, I, I wasn't thrilled with it, but it it was huge. I was like into, you know, it was that first book that I sat on my bed and just read probably in a couple of three days. I loved it so much. And so that I do That's love great. nonfiction, but, you know, I, does it change your life? I don't know. I just finished an amazing book called Cutting for Stone. And it's by Abraham Burgess. And he, and one of the reasons I read it is, was recommended to me because I was in Ethiopia when the pandemic broke out. And so, yes, I was all worried about you. Oh my goodness. I was so grateful for all those prayers. So it is, um, it's a novel written by an Indian physician who was raised in Ethiopia. And he is, he writes about, an Indian physician (laughs) raised in Ethiopia, but it's not his story. It's long, 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 but it, again, it, it teaches me about this different culture of Ethiopia, his, his, it's just a great, 
great read, um, purely different from who we are today. And it got my mind off of politics and got my mind off the pandemic. <laughs> so that's the, that's the yes. one that I um, have clung to really over the last couple of weeks because it is super long, but I finished it and I loved it so much. You know, I always think of a good book when you think about it, when you go back and, and uh-huh. rethink it in your head. Uh-huh. But for the books that have really changed my life, there's the one that I always say when someone asks me, and it's a book called Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership. It's by Ruth Haley Barton. She uh, runs a a center in, uh, I think it's near Wheaton, Illinois, called the Transforming Center. This book is about the leader's soul. And I remember reading it and just like, oh, that's me. Because she talks about when leaders lose our souls. And at that time that I read it, I really was feeling like I had lost my soul. And so she talks a lot about what that looks like and and what we can do, the disciplines we can put in place to to get our souls back. So that's a big one for me. Um, There's also another book called um, The Making of a Leader. And it's by Dr. Robert Clinton. And um, he researched 2,500 Christian leaders. It just provides a lot of information about about Christian leaders. He's the one that came up with the few leaders finish well after all his research, which is a scary thing. Oh, um, scary. The other ones, because I, I wrote these down because I've heard you ask that to every single person. So I knew I better, I better <laughs> be thinking about it. Well, I started saying, you, you know me. You're, I, I am a creature of habit, but I'm always I looking know, for new books. I love so. it because I love talking to you about books. But um, one of them that was a yes. real oh, a stake in the sand that I, I realized, oh, I'm going to be different now after reading this book. And it's a book called Half the Church by Carolyn Custis James. And then she referred to Half the Sky in her book. Uh, And so I read those uh, together and really talk about women. If you want to understand what our world, the women in our world are going through, read Half the Sky. Uh, PBS had a great um, series on that also as well. I think you can stream it or download it. But um, Nicholas Kristoff, who's a New York Times writer, he and his wife, Cheryl Wu, wrote that book. So Half the Church, Half the Sky, great, great books. I could go on and on. I love that, Becky. Like I said, my, my number one goal is to glean new books from other people. And the, the truth is, um, I think I told you this one time when I moved, some people think I like to move <laughs> and I moved, I moved out of a house and I was going through all the books because goodness gracious, you know, all hardback, not <laughs> eBooks. And I was thinking I had so many how to books. I should have been the best cook and the best mother and the best wife and the best Christian uh, person of faith, the best leaver. I thought, you know, I got to go to some nonfiction or fiction. I love, I've been into historical mm-hmm. fiction lately and I, I love to go that route. I, I always say if a book haunts mm-hmm. me, like it won't leave my mm-hmm. presence, then I, I know that it, it's had an impact, good or bad. And if you're a real reader, 
sometimes it's important to put some of the really good things in your head. You know, um, Marcel, I remember growing so, up and my dad said to me one time, we had visited some people in their home and we came back to our house and my dad said, what did you notice about that house? And I was like, I don't know. He was always asking me hard questions. And I said, well, I don't know. And yeah. he said, they don't have any books. Uh, so where are their books? Well, and I was like, oh, because we had books yeah. everywhere. Um, I mean, he was constantly building bookshelves <laughs> for more of his books because we know there weren't any ebooks then. Right. But um, yeah, I think it's something, right. it's always something I love to do when I walk into someone's home is, is look at the books that mm. they have ever since he said that. Well, you know, the funny thing these days is when you're on Teams or Zoom or that kind of thing, you look I, and perhaps that might say I'm not listening well enough, but I might be listening to someone else talk to them and I'll be looking at what is on their bookshelf, which might be a good lesson for all of us. If we want to be great mentors, put the good things (laughs) on our bookshelf that we are really, that we're really proud of. Well, Becky, it's been a delight. Tell tell the audience how they can get in touch okay, with Okay, my you. website is pretty easy. It's uh, www.hindsight, and it's after my last name, H-I-N-Z-E, site.com. I also have Hindsight Consulting on Instagram. I'm going to stay away from Facebook as long as I can. I, I don't think <laughs> yes. I'm going to have to do that. And then, of course, uh, it's Becky at hindsight.com that you can reach me. I would love to hear from anyone. Talk to, I love talking to women and, and just helping them think differently, whatever that might look like. I'm really excited for this next, this next step. I'm so excited for you and It's always a joy. I know you're willing, uh, whether it's in a professional setting or in or yes. just a friend setting to be a, to reach out or have people reach out to you. So thank you very much for your time today. And we really, it really appreciate it. I love talking.